beautiful carol that we just sang. It's probably my favourite carol, and I just think it's there was I've heard many versions of the the song Michael Bublé's got it on his album, but there was a version from Simon and Garfunkel. My dad's a big Simon and Garfunkel fan, so I'm a, I'm a fan by osmosis, I suppose. But they sang it once, and the way they done it was they sang the words "Silent Night, Holy Night, All Is Calm, All Is Bright." But in the background, there was news reports of everything that was going on in the world, and it certainly wasn't calm, and it certainly wasn't very bright. And I was thinking about, just came to me while worshiping, and it came to me as we were at our life group social this week that that's the song that in World War One they did an armistice on Christmas Day, and the soldiers came together and they sang. Silent Night, and I just thought that no matter how chaotic the world is, and the reality is it's, it's a shambles, it's a mess, there's riots everywhere, that people are at each other's throat, there's wars in Europe and the Middle East, and yet, through it all, I can sleep in heavenly peace because I know that Jesus is still Lord at his birth, and for me that's the, the message of Christmas, is that Jesus is Lord at thy birth, and no matter how dark this world might be, that he is the light and life, and that's why I love that carol so much. It was really beautiful. Thank you, worship team, for singing it. And I mean, I've got an easy shift apparently because the kids are going to preach, so therefore it doesn't matter if I'm good or not uh, because they'll be great. Uh, I'm sure they will be. But it's my honour to share this morning, and I want to preach a very short message. I've entitled it called "The Gift That Keeps On Giving" because I love gifts. I particularly love giving gifts rather than receiving. I mean, I do enjoy receiving gifts, but I love. Giving gifts, I love, for me there's no, well there's greater feelings, but I love when you see a gift for someone and you just know that's that person and you get them. The problem for me is, in past years I've not been as organised this year, I would normally have bought my Christmas presents for people in like July, but then I want to give them it in August, so I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I'm so excited about giving it and to be honest, I get a little bit too excited, but I don't know about you, but like, if you, you often receive gifts and you think, oh, thank you, I appreciate that. Every now and again, you also get gifts where you're like, <laughs> you, you say thank you, but you're also like, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, why did you get me that? Like, if anyone knows me, I don't like chocolate orange. So when someone who's close to me gets me a chocolate orange, I'm like, really? <laughs> Like, do you, I have a joke with some of my friends, like, do you even really? No, but then every now and again, you'll get a gift that just keeps on giving. I remember my favourite ever Christmas. I sat, I was a really good boy. I was a really good boy, but I was made, it was made abundantly clear to me that Santa Claus could only bring me a bike or a football goal. He couldn't bring me both. I could, he could only bring me one, and I remember agonisingly being like, oh, like... It's fine, and I woke up on Christmas morning because I've been a good boy, so I knew I was getting a football goal or a bike from Santa. I knew because I've been a really good boy, and um, and I come down the stairs and I ran into the living room because uh, we had a tradition. Basically, Lindsay and I, and my sister, we'd wake up, we would at, like the crack of dawn, we would be told to go back to our bed about fourteen times, and um, then eventually our parents would give in, but we'd go into their their room and. My dad would go and check to make sure Santa had been, just to make sure. Because I was a good boy, Lindsay, it was a bit kind of 50-50, there was a chance she was getting nothing from Santa. And um, So he would go down and we would sit there and we'd wait, we'd wait. And he would come up the stairs and say, Santa's been. And whew, that just built the excitement even more, because we were just ready. And then what would happen is, he would go down and we'd have tea and toast and breakfast upstairs. And then my parents would both go down the stairs and Lindsay and I would sit at the top of the stairs waiting for those magic words. 
you can come down the stairs. And we came running down the stairs. And I remember this one Christmas, I came running down the stairs and sitting in the living room was a bike. And I loved the bike. But my first response was, that means I don't have a football goal. And I, I know, it was sad. But I was happy for the bike and I was grateful. I wasn't ungrateful, but you know that way it was like, if the football goal had been there, I'd been like, oh, I don't have the bike. You know, it was just one of those situations. And I remember this particular Christmas because my parents asked me to go and help put like, the rubbish in the bin outside. Now, when you're a child, that never used to happen. Like, we would help tidy up and then my dad would take the stuff out to the bin outside, but we would clear up the living room. But I didn't think anything of it. And I went out and out in the back garden was a football goal set up. And that football goal was like the gift that kept on giving, because I got years of, I mean, to be honest, I would probably still have the football goal if it didn't break, because I got bigger, so therefore the football goal got broke, because turns out when you're a teenager, you're probably gonna break a football goal when you kick it in the net. But I remember that being the gift that keeps on giving. But as I was thinking about Christmas, and I'm going to read a passage from the Bible. Jesus got given some gifts that really made no sense. But I just want to read some verses that will come on the screen from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And it says this. I'll come up on the screen. There we go. And it says, differently to what I've got on the screen. Sorry, Ed. I'll read it, and then if you can catch up at some point. But basically, it's Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for that, this is what the prophets wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went away, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place, where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, so must have moved from the stable to the house, I suppose, and saw the child with his mother. Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying, but this passage is a bit strange to me on the surface level. Because if you get me gold for Christmas, I will not say no to that. Feel free to get me gold. I'm not saying you have to, but feel free to. But if you give me frankincense and myrrh, I'm going to be a little bit confused. Now, Jesus at this point was certainly no older than two years old. So I suppose gold to a baby, I don't really know what a baby's going to do with gold, but it kind of can make sense. But to give a baby frankincense and myrrh, I mean, that's just cruel. I mean, if, if kids wake up tomorrow and you've got the frankincense in my they are not going to get it. They want toys. They want... I mean, Ezra had this cool to toy from Santa on Friday, and it was, like, really cool. It was like a remote... That's what kids want. So think about frankincense and myrrh. It doesn't really make any sense. That was the definition of a gift that I'm like, thank you, but what am I supposed to do with that? But you see, people smarter than me researched it and 
They understood that the gifts weren't so much gifts for Jesus, but they were symbolic of who Jesus would become or who Jesus was. You see, the gold represented how Jesus was a king. He was royalty. Not only is Jesus the king, but he is the king of all kings. He is the king of kings. But the frankincense was what they would use, uh, according to my research from people smarter, they, made, they would use this in like the, the temple, they would use this as part of the worship process because it was to show how Jesus was holy. It was to show his holiness and how he was God. It was to show that he is deity, he is God. It was symbolic of that. And then myrrh was used to symbolise Jesus' humanity. You see, myrrh was a a fragrance that we'd use as part of the burial process and actually Jesus would one day be buried but he wouldn't stay there and I was thinking about this this morning at Christmas and the gift that keeps on giving that these gifts were certainly maybe I don't even know if Jesus ever used any of these gifts I'm assuming they used the gold because it's always handy to have it but I never know if he used the frankincense I don't know if Mary would have bathed him in it or any like that I certainly don't know why they would have used the mark. But maybe they did, maybe they didn't, we don't know. But as I was thinking about this, I thought it really was just a symbolism that the gift that keeps on giving weren't these gifts, though they were the future, but actually the gift that keeps on giving was Jesus himself. You see, it's not an item, it's not any of the things that he was given, but it's him. You see, the gift that keeps on giving is not just knowing about him, but it's actually being able to know him personally. These wise men, I mean, what an incredible honour they had to see Jesus in the flesh. This baby, this precious child who, I don't know about you, but a star has set, I'm assuming a star didn't appear when I was born. I'm assuming that it didn't appear when you were born. I'm assuming no angels popped up and said, by the way, because Jesus was pretty special. In fact, he was the most special child of all. And there's a song by Band-Aid and like, do they know it's Christmas and it's a great song and it's really a challenging message and I think it is important, especially this time of year, to think of those who are less fortunate than us. And There's a line that says, the greatest gift they'll get this year is life. And obviously for them it means natural life, just being able to wake up tomorrow and have a Christmas day. Christmas day doesn't exist, but actually I, I don't think they quite realise quite how profound the line that they wrote was because the greatest gift any of us will ever have is life, and life can only be found in Jesus because there's a difference between living and being alive. It's a really powerful message, and so the greatest gift that any of us will ever have is life. Jesus came to give life, light, and life to all he brings. He was risen with healing, and his wings, one carol might say. And so the greatest gift any of us will ever receive this year, the gift, the only true gift that keeps on giving, and I do hope you get loads of great gifts, is actually the gift of Jesus. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. I'm going to read them quickly. It says that once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, 
because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us and all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for those who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You see, Jesus didn't come just to give us new life, which was a great name for a church. That's probably why we named it New Life. <laughs> but he came to give us purpose. He, gave, he came to give us life in all of its fullness. Not just a part life, but actually everything life has to offer. He created life. There's another part of the Bible that says all things were created in him. He is the light of all the world. Why would you not want the creator? I mean, I didn't create, I've never created anything in my life. But I would imagine if someone created something, they're probably the best person <laughs> to tell you how it works and how it, to maximize its potential. So why would I not want to walk with the one who created life and live its full potential? You see, life was never meant to be mundane. It's not meant to just be something we drift through, but actually life is meant to be exciting and full. But not only is Jesus the gift that sets us free from sin and invites us into life, he's the gift that keeps on giving. He never stops giving. The Bible talks about how he has new mercies for me every single day. He tells me that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which means that it's a doing work. You see, it's I can do all things, which means that I have to be doing things. There's a plan. Ephesians, like Paul wrote, was that he planned good works in order that we might walk in them. We're meant to keep on moving forward. Life is always moving forward. And I believe that God has got a plan for your life and he has a call for every single person. So my question this morning is really in two parts. Is what will you do with the gift that Jesus offers you? See, Jesus came to offer you a gift to be set free from your sin, to turn your back, to repent, so what we would use. And what that means is to stop walking my own way, to turn my back on it and to walk towards him, walk in life with him step by step. But it's more than that. He didn't just die so that we could change direction and walk with God. He actually gave you purpose and plans because you can repent from our sin and walk with Jesus but not step into the fullness. You see, the wise men came and they had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus was just a baby at this point. We get to celebrate the risen, resurrected, name above all names, king above kings, lord of lords. They got to see a baby and yet God came to them and they changed the way they went. They had a plan for their life that was going this way. They had an encounter with God and it changed the direction. They went a different route back. Why? Because when you've had an encounter with Jesus, you're faced with a choice. I can keep walking the way I was going to walk or I can walk the way that God chose. That's a choice that every one of us have to make. You can ignore the whole thing. You can just say it's an experience and a moment in history and it's nice to sing about or we can realise that this is real life power. This is what life is all about. It's what Christmas is all about. But here are some of the things that Jesus also offers to those who believe. As well as just his gift of grace to set me free. He gives me the grace to win. But he offers life that never ends. Peace that goes beyond understanding. Inexpressible joy. All things that will work together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. By his stripes that I am healed. He promises that his rod and his staff will comfort me. 
He promises me that his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He supplies all of my needs. He promises that he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He promises me that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. He upholds me with his righteous right hand. If I acknowledge him in all of my ways, he promises me that he'll direct my path. No weapon formed against me is ever going to prosper. He promises me to give me wisdom if I ask for it. He promises me that whoever the sun sets free is free and indeed and I could go on and on and on. I feel like there's an old song we used to sing that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved. I'm not going to sing it but what am I trying to say and I know that was a bit of a tangent but I'm trying to say that we can celebrate a nativity and the kids are going to be amazing. They'll, they'll do this far better than I am but I'm trying my best to help us all see that Christmas isn't just a nice time of year but Jesus is the centre of everything. That Christmas changed everything. There has never been, apart from Easter, Christmas is probably the second or maybe the, the third. If you take Good Friday as one day and Resurrection Sunday and the, the, the Holy Spirit coming and we'll speak about that maybe in 2024 at some point. But Christmas was the moment where God stepped in. He looked at the moment of history and thought, this is a mess that we created. But the Bible says, but even though we messed it up, before, before we even messed up, God had a... God looked at history and thought, Jesus, you're going to come here at this point and you're going to fix everything that man broke. And so my question's the same. I've got two questions for two people. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted his gift of grace, you've never actually done the first part of stepping away from the old way, my way of walking and walking with him, my question is what you're going to do with the gift that he gave when Jesus came to be born lived a perfect life and it goes on to Easter when he died for our sin, for my sin, for your sin, for every sin ever committed. But it, not just that he died, but he was raised to life and resurrected on the third day. And it's because of that that we can accept the free gift of grace that we could never earn it. You're probably a better person than me, but you're not perfect. Hate to break it to you. Sorry if that ruins your Christmas. But you're not perfect. But thankfully God knew you were never going to be perfect and that's why Jesus came and he was the only person in the history of humanity to be perfect. But it's not just that. It's, you may have given your life to Jesus. You might be walking with God, but you've not really walking in the full gift that keeps on giving. My challenge to you is, what are you going to do with this gift that's been given to you? Can we all stand if that's okay? Just if we're comfortable and able. And the worship team can come up. And um, then we're going to sing before the kids blows all the way with the nativity. I told you it would be short this morning. But I just want to ask a question. If, if you're comfortable and able, I'd love it. If everyone could close their eyes just to make life easier. It's not a weird thing. It's just to focus in this moment. Because I want to just ask a question. That if you're in here and you've never, you've never actually accepted or received the gift of grace that God offers through Jesus. I'm just going to ask you if you would like to do it now I'm going to invite you to join on the journey with Jesus and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask I'm going to say a really simple prayer and I'm going to ask everyone to just say it after me and then I'm going to pray for us all in general but the simple prayer is this just I'll say it and you just repeat the lines after me thank you Jesus for coming at Christmas to set me free I receive your gift of grace 
I'm walking away from the old life and I'm stepping into new life with you. Help me. I give my life to you. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we're not going to do it in this moment, but I want you to do one of two things for me after the nativity and after the service. The first thing I would love you to do is talk to someone who you came with and maybe a friend who brought you or if you don't have someone who you came with, then behind the manger at the connection point, we would love for you to go there after the service because we would just love to chat with you, pray with you and help you as you begin this amazing journey with Jesus. It's the greatest journey that life has to offer. But now I just want to pray for us all, just that we might walk in the good things that he prepared for us. And then we're going to sing and the kids are going to be amazing. But Father God, I thank you for what Christmas is. I thank you that you are the true gift that keeps on giving, that we could never outgive you and that we could never, ever, ever come close to expressing our gratefulness for all that you do and all that you have done. Father God, I pray that you help us to walk through this festive season in 2024 and also the rest of our lives walking with you and just making the full use of all the gifts that you give us that you continue to give father god we give you all of the praise we give you all of the glory i pray blessing upon every person here father god then i pray for every blessing on everyone watching online father god but i just pray that at this time of year and at all times of year we just remember your gift and we receive it and say thank you in jesus name amen